0: This is the Be Undomesticated Podcast. Back to the Beyond Domesticated podcast. I am your host Cody. Today is March twenty third, twenty twenty three, and it is a Thursday. Today we are going to be doing episode eleven here at Beyond Domesticated, and the title for today's podcast is "Thoughts on Building for the Future versus Building for Today." So today is going to be our segmented show. Um, have quite a few different segments going on, so let's go ahead and do a quick run-through overview of what we're going to be talking about today, and then we'll dive right into the meat of the podcast. So today's segments, we're going to do our farmstead features, talking more about quail today than anything else, but we'll touch on a couple other different things. Uh, We got a business update, how that's been going. We're going to dive into um, what the past couple of weeks have looked like here at Heartland Farms. We're going to look at what we have in our future here coming up pretty quick. We're going to talk about this past week-ish in history, what happened previously that maybe we could learn from. Uh, We have a floral focus today that's going to be all about the green beans, so that ought to be a pretty fun one. We're going to touch very briefly on content creation stuff we got going on. Uh, We have Conspiracy Corner in today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about Trump not being arrested. What that might actually have to have, what that might actually mean. Uh, we're going to talk talk about what I have been listening to. I got a new fun kind of crazy out there book that's been rather entertaining for me to listen to. Think some of you might enjoy it. And then we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast, which is going to be building for the future versus building for today, and the mindset and thought process that goes into each of those. So. Buckle up, and let's go ahead and dive right into our first feature here, which is Farmstead Features. Now, Farmstead Features is a segment where we just kind of go through and talk about different things that have been going on around our homestead, um, kind of more animal-centered than anything right now, just because of the state that I live in. We're in Michigan, and it's still kind of crappy outside, so we're not really planting outside. We're not doing a lot of focus on the outdoor things. We're still... Just kinda of buckled down, making it through winter. We've got some seeds darting that's going on. We'll touch on that more later. But so for today in Farmstead Features, the first round of quail are finally out of the house. Thank goodness gracious. They were nasty and gross and I'm so sick of having them in my house. And I celebrated by three days later, finishing hatching another batch of quail. So I have another batch of quail in my dining room, but that's okay. They're smaller, they don't smell as bad quite yet. So Hopefully, we'll get those ones raised up here in the next couple of weeks, get them outside and growing. The second batch is going to be um, more of a grow-out pen, just more for meat. We might have some that are feather-sexable that will end up going into our layers. But for the most part, this is just going to be for meat to be able to feed our family, maybe offer some at local farmer's markets. And we'll kind of go from there. These are not the jumbo. These are actually hatched out of our own eggs, which is really cool. I have to clean out the incubator from them and I need to do a count on what the eggs ended up, how many put in there. Cause I didn't really count how many went in there. We had 77 that came out and we had an, just an astronomical freaking hatch rate, like just wonderful. I bet I have maybe 10 eggs in there that did not hatch. We have just crazy good hatch rates from our own eggs here at the farm. So that's really cool to see that when we want to be able to crank that up, we're able to just up a switch, and as long as those quail are laying eggs, we're able, able to produce more meat. So that was really cool, you know. We're looking forward to being able to process them out, and eating some more quail here going into the future, because I don't know if you've looked at the prices of meat here lately at the local grocery store, but it is not cheap. So anything we can do to help offset that cost, we're going to do it to try to help knock our grocery budget down. Other than the quail, pretty much what I said before, you know, we've got not a lot going on around here. It's still kind of cold and crummy out. It's not terrible. We've been rainy the past couple of days, but at least we're not frozen and getting snowed on currently, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully be able to get some more seeds started. we got to get our peppers started here. I've got another couple packages of onion seed that we're going to start. My wife started them one way. I want to start them a different way, and we kind of compare and contrast how everything goes once they actually go on the ground. Um, Kind of looking forward with our farmstead features. One of the types of planters that I had discussed in our all about the garden episode was the five gallon bucket framework, and I think I'm actually going to build one of those for this upcoming season. So if you're not following us on YouTube, look us up Heartland Farms on YouTube, and you'll be able to see the videos because I plan on doing quite a few videos of you know various parts of it, whether it be actually building and painting of it or getting seeds started, getting the plants going, and then what they actually turn into and how it turns out. I think it'll be a really neat thing. We're going to be building a coop for our chickens to keep them enclosed, so they're not going to be able to go out and jump up on there and destroy everything. I think that'll make a big difference. So like I said, if you're not following us on YouTube, go ahead and look us up, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for our farmstead features. Next, we're going to go into our business updates uh, for the uninitiated. We have a microgreen and quail egg business that I take to various farmers markets and sell our products there. So in this part, we're just going to kind of touch briefly on that. For we had a market this past weekend, and we sold out of everything. Could have sold probably three or four more trays. That's on me. I just haven't been taking as much. I'm starting. I have already started more trays for this next market. So hopefully we'll be able to keep up with demand for this next market and not have to turn away customers because that's really one thing you don't want to do is turn away customers who want your product and you just don't have it for them. A couple of things we're going to be doing here in the next couple of weeks for the business is we need to go through and we need to do a really good inventory of all the seeds that we have, all the trays that we have, see what needs to be replaced, redone. Um, we got to go through and finish getting our applications filled out for the various markets I have. One of them is done one of them just finally the application came out today and I have not seen an application for our third market so I need to get after that and figure out what we got going on there and we need to work out a good planting schedule to be able to figure out you know how far in advance do I need to plant each of my microgreens. I have a couple of new ones that we're experimenting with right now so once we get those kind of dialed in I want to be able to take more variety to different markets. So that's kind of the things that we're going to be working on here in the next few weeks getting ready to jump into this next market season should be a really good one I'm excited about it all right next up we're going to kind of do a recap of what the last couple of weeks have had for us and we're going to talk about the to-do for the next coming weeks so like I said we had a market here we've been doing quite a bit with the quail so we got that kind of stuff done Um, finished cleaning up the coops finished cleaning up cages got the quail outside like I said so those are really good did not finish the mead class I haven't got that out yet I need to get it wrapped up we did not do our pepper starts that we had discussed doing on the last time we had this kind of topic. Um, so we had talked about getting our pepper starts going, and my pastor heard about it. He's like, uh, you don't want to hold off. You're doing them really, really early. So we postponed our pepper starts for a couple of weeks. So we need to get them going here probably this week, this weekend at the latest, get those ready to go. And like I said, we have another couple packages of onion seed that we also want to get started. So that way we can have lots and lots of onions because that's one of our biggest produce expenses that we actually do on a weekly basis is we buy and use quite a few onions so yeah like i said for our upcoming to-do list we got to do the meat class we got to get the inventory of what we have for the business done we got to get our pepper starts we got to get our onion starts and we need to go through clean and organize my grow room it is looking like a tornado went through here and destroyed everything so I got to take some time, take a day, set it aside, and just be up here cleaning up this room, getting it ready to go for this season. Because as you all know, once you get going into a busy season like, you know, summer, you really got to have your stuff dialed in. Otherwise, it's just going to snowball and get away from you real quick. We don't want to have that happen. All right, that's going to bring us to our next segment, which is this week in history. We're going to start with the oldest thing in history and work our way up towards present day. So March 15th. 44 BC, beware the Ides of March. Caesar was assassinated in Rome. March 18th, 1766, they repealed the Stamp Act after it was resoundingly uh, unpopular here in the States. They finally pulled their heads out of the rear on that one, repealed it. A whole bunch of people protested. Uh, March 19th, 1918, the freaking daylight savings time was enacted. So, thanks a lot for that one. You know, we've been fighting a lot with our daughter here lately, trying to get her to go to bed and go to nap because daylight savings time has screwed everything up. And last but not least, in March 19th, 2003, the Iraq War began. So, lots of different things that have happened in history here in the past week. None of them really all that great, but, you know, history is what made us what we are today, right? So, all right, moving on. To floral focus. Today's floral focus is gonna be all about green beans. So right out the gate, why are we growing green beans? Um, For one thing, you get a lot off of your plants. As long as you pick them, they remain productive for quite a while. And we love eating them. They can up very well, they freeze up well, they're really good all-around kind of crop to grow. They're multi-purpose. You can eat them green, you can eat them raw, you can eat them plain, you can eat them in things. You can dry them out and pick the beans out of it if you want to eat them dried. So there's a lot of different things you can do with green beans. It makes them really versatile and kind of one of the things that we're looking to put into our staple crops for the year. We did quite a few of them last year and we're looking to up that for this year. A couple things on the history of green beans. Um, they were always string beans. They weren't like green beans, snap beans, anything like that. Up until 1889 when they started kind of developing that produce in order to get something that was less stringy and less tough. So that was kind of an interesting thing. They weren't very popular either until um, like home canning and freezing and having a freezer really became available because of the fact that it had such a short grow season, they didn't get a whole lot of production out of them compared to other crops. So they would put more time and emphasis on the other crops instead of growing something that they could only eat fresh. The We have a couple of different types of beans that we're going to be growing. Two of them are actually beans and one's a gourd, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. So we're going to be growing the Cantare, I don't know how you pronounce it, C-A-N-T-A-R-E. from Baker Creek. Small bean, it's a bush bean, four to five inches I think is what the actual length is going to be on that one. So that'll be kind of a tasty one to eat fresh, maybe not be, so maybe not be preserving it quite so much. Um, then we have Kentucky Wonder that we got from M.I. Gardner. That one's going to be a longer, like, nine-ish inch bean. It's going to be a pole bean, so it'll have a nice long stalk on it. We'll be able to trellis it up. And depending on which one of these actually produces more, we'll, you, we'll be able to, you know, freeze them, can them, preserve them for the, this coming winter. And then the last one that we're going to be growing, it's actually not a bean, but it's called a bean. It's a gourd. The Indian snake bean. So if you're familiar with Jack at all he likes to talk about this quite a bit. It's 12 to 18 inches long, gets really um kind of long and spindly. As the name kind of hints at, it's actually native to South India. So that'll be kind of cool. I don't know how well it's gonna grow here. It really likes extreme heat, does well in humidity. We don't get a whole lot of that here in Michigan. But it's kind of a neat crop. They're cool looking. So we want to test them out and see how they do up here in our climate. So yeah, those would be the three types of beans that we're going to be growing this year. We're excited. Obviously, we have a, you know, a pole bean, we have a bush bean, and then we have our Indian snake beans. So we have lots of different types of things that we're going to be doing. Hopefully, one of them or two of them will turn out, we'll be able to get a lot of productivity out of that. So i will be able to put some away, be able to enjoy our harvest throughout the next coming year. That's going to bring us up to our next topic which is going to be content creation um a couple of different things i don't know if we touched on a couple milestones that we've surpassed here at our homestead our farms youtube has reached over 100 subs so that's really cool my wife's been working awesome hard on that and it's really neat to be able to see that grow we're going to be doing a kind of a um a campaign with it here in the next couple of months to try to really ramp those numbers up so stay tuned for that i'm sure i'll be touting it here on the podcast um, like we touched on in the last podcast, we are up to episode 11, which is a really cool milestone, and the mead class that I have been working on somewhat, need to work on it more diligently, is almost ready to be released to the public, so be on the lookout for that. If you're in Michigan and you want to learn how to make mead, you know, keep watching, especially if you follow us on Facebook, follow either Be Undomesticated or Heartland Farms, you'll be able to find information on both of their Facebook pages that brings us up to Conspiracy Corner. So over this past weekend, a big news story broke that Donald Trump had announced on his social media platform that he started that the, I don't know if it's Brooklyn or Manhattan district attorney was planning on arresting him this past Tuesday. Well, unless you live under a rock, you know that he does not currently have a jumpsuit to match his hair. So What ended up happening, as far as I can tell, was either he jumped the gun on it or he adhered to rumor. I don't really know. But they didn't end up arresting him. Um, And now there's a bunch of rumors and things circulating around about how maybe the DA could be indicted on different charges. I don't know. And quite frankly, I'm just trying to avoid politics at all possible. So I did think it was rather entertaining that nothing ended up happening whatsoever about it. Whole bunch of people were up in arms on both sides of the aisle for absolutely nothing. So that's pretty interesting. Just goes to show you stay in your lane and you avoid politics at all costs, and you're going to be a much happier person for it. All right. The last part of today's episode before we get into the main topic that we're all here for has been different things I've been listening to. So I've always enjoyed listening to podcasts and there's a lot of people that I listen to that I respect and I respect their opinions on things and it dawned on me that you know maybe I would enjoy listening to a lot of things that they listen to or learning about the things that they're learning about but then thinking about it and listening to them more I realized that it's very very rare that any of them actually share a title or share a name to something that they're listening to or reading or learning from. And I've, when I started this podcast, I didn't want to be like that. You know, maybe you guys want to learn something new. Maybe you're looking for a new book to listen to, a new podcast to listen to, something like that. So I decided I wanted to be able to bring that to the public. And thus, this segment was born. So a couple of things I've been listening to and have listened to in this past week. Um, obviously, the usuals of LSTN, TSBC, and Bear Independent, all those that I've talked about in the past. But there was a really good Joe Rogan interview with a guy on YouTube whose YouTube name is CoffeeZilla. If you don't know who he is, he does deep dives into different um, scams and a lot of stuff with cryptocurrency, but he used to do a lot more different things. He does stuff on the banking crisis, all these different topics. I've loved watching his videos for quite a while. And so it was really cool to hear him on a Joe Rogan interview where I'm I think it was almost three hours. It was a really long podcast. I mean, it was two hours. It was two hours. Anyways, it was a really long podcast, really good conversation they had, and just very insightful into some of the ways that he goes about doing things, his struggles with social media, and you know the, the issues that come with the fame that he has because of what he does. So I highly recommend looking that up. Like I said, that's a Joe Rogan Podcast with CoffeeZilla. And give it a listen and see what you think. And then maybe go watch some CoffeeZillow stuff on YouTube. Because it's very entertaining and informative. Outside of that, I've been listening to a book called Fingerprints of the Gods. It's by a guy named Graham Hancock. Um, Again, if you listen to Joe Rogan, you've heard him on there several times. He does a lot of... I don't want to call it conspiratorial history stuff. But anti-mainstream history topics. So very much kind of out there uh i don't know how to describe it the man obviously wrote some of this book while stoned which to each their own whatever it's just the the fluidity and the flow of the book isn't the greatest in parts if you listen to it you'll understand what i'm talking about but if you're kind of a history nerd like i am it's a really cool book to listen to because it makes you question things that you've never questioned before um, it'll show you the similarities in the architecture from South America, ancient South America to the Egyptians and things that have been found all over the place that kind of all coincide and tie together in really strange, weird ways. And he does a really good job of presenting the facts and the numbers behind it. That's one thing that you're not gonna get if you do the audiobook like what I've been listening to. You might not get a full a full good grasp of the, the numbers that he's discussing just because you don't have the numbers actually in front of you. So he'll go in depth about, say, the, um, the correlation relationship of the height versus the base size of the pyramid compared to the northern hemisphere of the world and how all that ties together. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff, and I really recommend if you're listening to it, you know, whether you think he's a crackpot or not, you know, whatever. It's just a kind of an interesting, cool way to look at it and kind of take a step back and make you question things and make you think maybe this isn't exactly what people have always said it is. So, if you're looking for something new and kind of trippy to read, I really recommend that. Take your mind off of the uh, local hustle and bustle and the craziness of modern day world by taking a listen to that and see what you think of it. I'm almost done with it. Like I said, it's been a really interesting listen. All right, that's going to bring us to our. final segment of the day which is going to be our main meat and potatoes of this podcast episode and that's building for the future versus building for today. So as I've mentioned previously I run a farmer's market in the area and about two months ago I had a woman come in who was very interested in starting a booth so I kind of talked her through my knowledge of it and I had her go and talk to a couple of different vendors in the area that you know were at the market that day. And so she came in and she was selling like um, cookies and candies and fudge, things of that nature. So I'm going to kind of pick on her today. This isn't anything actually about her, but I'm going to use her as an example throughout this, this uh, segment here. So right out the gate, I will say that she had come in talking about how she had needed a part-time job. Um, yes, you can make money off of a farmer's market stand, especially peak season right now in Michigan in March, we are not peak season. This is off season. So just to kind of clarify that moving forward, it's not just um, the mindset that she had necessarily. She, it's not that she had come in with expectations of trying to really build a business, I suppose. It was more of a trying to make part-time income. And so that's really what we're going to dive into today. So she came in and like I said, we got her set squared away and went and talked to a couple people. And, um, so she started a couple weeks later, she started coming to the market and you know, when you're coming to a market, especially in the off season, you don't have the foot traffic that you're going to have during peak season or even during, you know, regular season where maybe a third of the people we normally have for an outdoor market is what we're pulling for the indoor market. So you have a lot less traffic. If you're brand new coming into it, that's not really the greatest time to try to start, but Best time to start is now, and then you just improving it better over time. Unfortunately, she, as it turned out, really needed to be making money now. So she came to me um, this past weekend and said that her husband had determined that they weren't making any money at this, which was true. They were not making a lot of money because they hadn't really built that clientele. They hadn't built that business up. And that because of the fact that they were not making enough money through this, she had to go now and and get a part-time job instead of operating her farmer's market stand. And so it really kind of, it struck me as, as odd that they weren't willing to put more time and effort into building the business. And then it kind of dawned on me that, you know, she wasn't really looking to build a business, I suppose, or wasn't willing to take the time and the effort it took to build a business. She was really looking for that instant turnaround. And if that's what you're looking for, then Probably not for you for a farmer's market stand. Probably going to just want to go get a part-time job so you can get that nine-to-five paycheck. You can get that however many hours a week you work, you know, paid out. Being your own boss and being your own business owner is, I guess, not for everybody. I, I always thought that, you know, if you had the opportunity to give yourself that freedom and that independence that you would want it. But as it turns out, it was not for them. They were not able to put that time and effort into it. So just doing a quick kind of cursory internet search, it takes average of two to three years for a business to become actually profitable. Now, I will say that with our microgreen business, um, this past year was really our first full year doing it, and it wasn't super profitable. We made a little bit of money, but mainly it was keeping the lights on in our grow room. It was paying for our fees to go to these markets, paying for our gas, paying for everything. And so I mean, all reality, it wasn't even profitable at all. We lost money on it last year. But that is a step that you have to take. It takes time, and you build on that year over year. You don't just walk into an instant profit. You know, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But you have to actually take the time and build the clientele, build the business, take all that money that you could, quote, unquote, take as profit, put it back into your business to improve what you're doing, to whether that is improving your processes for us, it would be, you know, more grow lights, more racks, better ventilation, things of that nature. Take your money, put it back into the business so you can build that. So that way you can use that to kind of snowball and give you the opportunity to make more and more over time. And that's how you're really going to become profitable. If I had one rack of microgreens and that's all I had, and I was trying to make it completely profitable off that, I'd be screwed. You can't do that. You have to be able to scale it to a certain point to be- it really becomes profitable but even if you're not building infrastructure take that money and put it into your marketing put it into your you know advertising stuff like that to where you get your name out there and become a household name in the area you're trying to work in i guess i'm i'm talking more specifically to people who are running small either brick and mortar or they're going to farmers market stands things like that if you're marketing online that's a different animal that I'm not super familiar with, so I'm not going to speak to that so much. I'm just going to speak to what I'm actually familiar with and how I feel people could succeed doing what I'm talking about. Building a business to any size at all is just going to take time. Building a business to where it's actually profitable and you don't need to be putting every penny back into that business and it's able to actually cut you a paycheck, pay you, takes even more time. So you have to go into it with the expectation that you're going to have a lot of effort, blood, sweat, tears, everything into your business without it paying you anything for a while. But once you get it built to a certain point, then it's really going to start paying you dividends. That's why we're talking about building for the future instead of building for today. If you're building for today, go flip burgers. Go to Walmart, get a part-time job. Go get a job for somebody else that's actually just going to pay you. Because part-time job, is going to be way better for you short term, most likely, than building your own business. But in the long run, what are you going to have at the end of the day? So, like I said, with this woman who had come in, she was trying more to make just an instant profit. Which, if like I said, in that case, go get a part-time job, go drive Uber, you know, Grubhub, whatever. Maybe you can do that on your off hours and still be building your business. She didn't have a full-time job that I'm aware of. So this was just kind of a part-time gig to be able to make a little bit of extra money to help pay bills. So maybe you can go drive Grubhub at, in the evenings or whenever and build your small business on the hours where you have to be there. So like with her in our farmer's market, she has to be there Saturdays. Okay, well, you can't go drive Grubhub Saturdays. But guess what? You have a lot of other time that's not Saturdays. that You could be doing that whether that's evenings, Sundays, even after a market. She had a lot of opportunities to be able to go that route, but unfortunately, she didn't really see that for the opportunity that she had. And really, that just kind of comes down to an allocation of time at that point. So maybe you only have 10 hours a week, really, that you're able to pour into your business. So make sure you have a good product. That's step one. If you can't produce a good product at any sort of scale, then what are you going to do with it? Next, you're going to need to focus on your presentation. Get it to a point where it looks really good. You can take great pictures of it. Don't put all your nice fancy chocolates in crappy plastic wrap. Don't saran wrap your stuff because that looks like absolute trash and garbage. You can't market that well. So take a step back from whatever you're trying to sell and look at it as a customer and hey, you know, is this something that's pleasing to the eye that looks good that I feel that I would buy if I was in the market for this? And you have to be kind of unbiased and you actually be very critical of yourself and of your product to be able to improve it moving forward. Now, like I said, I'm picking on this woman just because it's fresh on my mind. That's what brought this topic to today's podcast. But it's nothing against her. Like I said, great lady, all that. But, you know, I went and did a little research after she had told me she was quitting She hadn't created any sort of social media whatsoever for her business. That's step one. Facebook is free to set up. Instagram is free to set up. All these are just free. Take advantage of that. Once you have your product actually figured out, you need to be spending your time, money, effort into your marketing and your advertising to be able to get your stuff out there. If nobody knows that your stuff exists or all they see is a clump of saran wrap, Why would they even go look at your booth? Why would they go look at your product? Why are they going to take a second look at anything that you have to offer? And even then, she wasn't putting anything out on social media. She was relying on the market to be able to market her stuff for her, which we do a lot of. But at the same time, you need to be doing your own marketing. Like with our microgreens, that's one thing we really need to focus more on is putting more pictures out there, putting more content out there to be able to get eyeballs on our product and on our business. In order to drive that business to us. And remember, especially with a farmer's market stand, you're not just marketing your product, you're marketing yourself. You need to, I don't want to say sell yourself, but you need to sell what you believe in and your um, your love of your product. You really need to put that out there and make it apparent. Um, If you're hiding behind the table and sitting down and all you have is a crappy whiteboard Like, that 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 kind of stuff really shows, especially if your product doesn't show well. If your product doesn't show well, you have to be up and pushing it, you know, trying to draw customers in to talk to you. So really, I guess a lot of this podcast turned into more of a uh, farmer's market stand ripping session instead of a mindset building for the future instead of today. But I think you can take some, clean some things away from it. The importance of really going into any sort of endeavor like this, any business self-employment endeavor with the right mindset, don't go in looking for results today because you're just going to screw yourself. Go into it with the mindset of you're building for tomorrow. You're building for next week, next month, next year, next decade. You're building so that way in a year from now, you can flip your boss off and be gone. You don't have to go back because you have built that independent wealth, not even independent wealth, the ability to make wealth into your life, you have become undomesticated in the fact that you no longer rely on that nine-to-five paycheck because you can go out and bring the clientele to you. You can market that product, whether that product is an actual product or a service, whatever you're selling, you're able to market that and sell it to a point where you can support yourself and your family. One last little statistic that I wanted to throw out there before we get into our Quote and verse of the day is according to the google search that i was able to do here 6.6 percent of americans are self-employed it means 93.4 percent of americans work for somebody else that are working I Should clarify that because there's quite a few people not working at this point but be one of those 6.6 percent i mean why wouldn't you want to take the opportunity to be your own boss grab life by the horns and handle it yourself instead of answering to somebody every single day for your nine to five why wouldn't you want to have that opportunity to set those parameters yourself set your own work hours if you do it right and get it to where you want it to be to where you don't have to answer to somebody else so with that we are going to jump right in to our quote of the day the quote of the day today is from a gentleman named booker t washington he was a author back in the 1800s, early 1900s, nothing ever comes to one that is worth having except as a result of hard work. So, I mean, right there, it's not going to be easy to be able to build your own income stream. It's not going to be easy to build your own business. But you know what? It's worth having. And once you get it to the point where it needs to be, it's going to be such a blessing in your life that you will be so glad that you went through that hard work to get where you are. And finally, we're going to talk about our verse of the day, which is Proverbs 14, verse 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Get off your butt. Go work. Go start building that business you've always been talking about. Don't just sit around chatting about it, chatting about it, chatting about it analysis paralysis will kill all of us. Get off your tail and go at least try it. Maybe you succeed, maybe you fail. Most people who are successful in business have failed in business before they get to be successful in business. And even if you are successful right out the gate, you're going to have failures in that successful business. So go put the hard work into it and reap the rewards, reap the profit instead of being only in poverty. Really, if you take away only one thing from this podcast today, I hope it's the idea that you have to have the right mindset going into trying to build a business. You can't go into it trying to instantly turn a profit because it's not going to go well for you. You need to be able to put the time, the effort, the money, the blood, the sweat, the tears into that business to be able to build it to a point where it's going to be turning a profit and it's going to be able to become more than just a tiny little side hustle that's paying you less than minimum wage for the time that you put into it. With that, I hope that I have inspired you to go forth and conquer your side hustle, small business dreams, plans, and aspirations. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail that you want to send me, that'd be fantastic. Um, email is beundomesticatedpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Again, be undomesticated. Uh let's see here. We're on Twitter, we're on Telegram, we're on all over the place. So pretty much if you name it on social media, we're on there somewhere. Um we, So always look for, you know, the red bird on the black background that you see in your podcasting app. That's going to be our our emblem moving forward for sure. So you'll be able to find us on all those different social media apps and like I said, I'd love to get some some feedback on some of these episodes from y'all. Um Again, really, really appreciative of you sticking with me throughout all of these podcasts, and I hope to hear from you soon. Remember, be undomesticated. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember, be undomesticated.